Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. feels perfect other days it just ain't working the good the bad the right the wrong and everything in between yo it's crazy amazing we can turn our hearts through the words we say mountains crumble with every syllable hope can live or die so speak Butterfly Evolution Baby Concept. 
And what we ask you to do is we ask you to move your trash can. We're all about transformation, personal change, self-awareness through dying to live. That means learning who you are, the good, bad, the ugly, and dealing with it. And doing that, you have to think about your mind and your thoughts. So what we ask you to do just to have you see or have some insight about how the mind works, we ask that you move your trash can from one location to another, preferably one that you used you use often. For me, it was my, when I started this, and this has been years for me, we started it in my home, my son and I, and it was just to promote um, change, to get our minds kind of to not used to, so used to doing the same thing. So we ask that you move your trash can from one location to another, and in doing that, what normal people will find, I think, is that they return back to its old location. And if you have kids, play the, make a game out of it. Put a chart on the refrigerator. You will be surprised at, as to how it will provoke conversation. But more so, you will be surprised of how many times you return back to that old location, all the time knowing that you've moved it. So you will be surprised as to how many times you turn, return. And doing that, every time you return, think about, wow, my mind took me back to a place where I should know not to go because I've moved my trash can. What that should allow you to see is that our mind keeps up with the smallest, most insignificant things, whether it works for us or not, if it's good or bad. If it can take you back to your trash can, imagine what other things your mind takes you back to. So we have to learn to tell our minds what to think. And that's where I I believe that transformation and renewing of the mind, the Word tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the Word tells us that the Word knows that our minds hold on to a whole lot of stuff that we just need to let go of. And saying that, it brings me back to our topic tonight or or, or the need for this show, the event that's going to go on. I feel, and we'll get into this, that this for one reason, one good reason that we are unable to unite and so forth because we hold on to so much stuff as women. We hold on to our past. We hold on to what you said about me yesterday or what I thought you said about me, how you looked at me, how you look, how I want to look, and so so on. So there's so many things that you can get just from that trash can process as to what we hold on to and and, and, again, as you go back to that trash can, think about what else am I holding on to or what else is my mind telling me to do in my life? And I'm just following suit because it's what I'm used to doing. It's just become normal and what I know. So we don't want to change some of the things that we are used to, again, whether it works for us or not. We typically don't want to uh, welcome change in our lives because it, it means we have to do something with ourselves. We have to... Um, recognize some things in ourselves that we may not want to recognize and certainly not want to address oftentimes. So in doing that, let's just make a new pact tonight to move those trash cans, and every time you go back, think about change, think about transformation, and think about your own life and what you can do to make it better. And as you go forward, lastly, just remember you sow a thought, you reap an action, you sow an action, you reap a habit. Habit becomes your character, who you are basically, And that is leading you somewhere, so character becomes your destiny. So how we live, how we think, what we do is leading us somewhere. So I leave you tonight as we go into this topic, where are your thoughts 
leading you? And is it where you want to go? Is it where you planned to go? If not, let me tell you tonight, you can change it. You can change your course, you can change your direction, but it does take work. That being said, tonight's topic is Soul Sisters Unite. And I'll tell you, I want to say this because it is happening, it is so. God is moving. He's always moved. I think we're, we, there some of us have gotten into a place and a position and we're allowing him to do what he wants to do with us. And for those of who are surrendering, God is just moving in our lives. And I say that because, you know, as I sit here um, across the table from Dr. Ernstine Hunt, and as, as we have Heidi, I'm going to go ahead and pull Miss Heidi back into queue with us, have Commissioner Heidi Schaefer. Um, I didn't, you, no one could have told me that we would be sitting here, you know, a few days ago, a week ago. And how this came about was just I'm at a dinner party and, Someone says, remind me tomorrow, just say sisters. And I said, okay, and never, you know, not knowing. But it was just because somebody, you know, connected us. Somebody said, hey, you should you should talk to Tammy or, or so on, you know, go on. And so here we are. Here we are. And it was so, so such a connection. We were here with each other pretty quickly. We connected pretty quickly. People have just been following suit. Um, and it's just good to sit, sit back and, and allow God to pull things together. That means we have to do some work as well. So that being said, Dr. Ernestine Hunt, I want to thank you. Thank you. And I'm just honored to be in your presence and to have met you and talked to you, and I can only just wait to see what God has to do and, and where this will all end up. Amen. So tell our audience a little bit about you, what you want them to know, what I'm you don't right. want them to know. <laughs> So, well, I am just is. elated to be here. Thank you so much for having Heidi and I, my soul sister, and uh, have another soul sister. I hope she's listening, Lori Apatado, in uh, Florida. But Soul Sisters is an effort to have intentional friendships between black and white women here in Memphis. And, you know, I heard you say renewing of our minds. There is a lot of renewing that needs to take place. In Second Corinthians 5.17, the word says, Behold, I do a new thing. So we are trying to do a new thing by encouraging black and white women to come together and have intentional friendships. And in Jeremiah 29.11, and I hate to use all this scripture, but I'm just a scriptural person, the word of the Lord says that he has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. And this is part of the plan that God has given me to fulfill in life. Uh, God called me into ministry, and one of my calls uh, was established as a student when I was attending Memphis Theological Seminary back in 2000. And I looked out the window of the student center, and I saw black students on one side and white students on the other side, and in the middle of that, there was a pole, and on that pole was the word peace. Well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, here we are in the 21st century, supposedly learning how to minister to the masses, and we can't even minister to each other. Of course, God asked me what I was going to do about it. <laughs> so um, that is how Solstice just came about. God laid it on my heart to join with a sister of another race 
and for us to establish an intentional friendship to help heal race relations here in Memphis. So that is what we're doing with Soul Sisters. Okay. Now, again, you listen to the Butterfly Evolution Show. That was Dr. Ernestine Hunt. And what we're going to do is have Commissioner Heidi Schaefer just come on in and introduce yourself, tell us uh, about you, and then we're going to get right into the questions and the comments, tell more about the event. Um, but, uh, Commissioner Heidi, are you there with us? I am, and thank you so much for this opportunity to be on. And, uh, Ernestine, it's good to talk with you again. You too, Heidi. So um, I am uh, the newest soul sister uh, in this in this crew, and um, I am, a, the reason you're calling me commissioner is I'm a county commissioner here in, in Shelby County. That's, that's the county Memphis is in. And um, what that is like, it's like being a congressman for your county. So we make the laws and we set the tax rates and we do those kinds of things. And um, I'm also, I also work in the medical industry. I'm the mother of a nearly 16-year-old girl and the wife of a husband who's much better than I deserve. And um, I'm just blessed and happy to live in Memphis. Great. Now, I didn't know you. We talked, but I didn't know about the 15-year-old. I heard you mention about having the young girl and you have the ball game tomorrow. Is that right? Yes. I had no yes, idea she yet. Cheers for, she cheers for one of the schools here. She cheers for Harding Academy. And um, so between I have two full-time jobs and I'm a mom and a wife. So um, there, there's not a lot of, t- of downtime at the, at the Schaefer household. And she's 15, so that's that's three or four jobs also. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> okay. And well, well the, I know the that. Part, you, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say the fun part is um, how Ernestine um, even brought me into this. And um, I mentioned that uh, I work in, a, in the medical industry, so I work down at Methodist University, which is in Midtown. And I was walking through the lobby and um, just in my daily my daily rounds, I was walking through the lobby, and I saw this really cute little girl there. She was about, I don't know, maybe three or four, and she had, I think, 15 braids all over her head. She was so cute, and I stopped to talk to her. I'm a mom, you know, so kids to me are appealing, and I, I just stopped to talk to this little girl, and she gave me a hug and a kiss. And the next thing I knew, um, this very nice, well-dressed, gorgeous African-American woman comes up to me and puts her hand on my shoulder, and she said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but God told me to come talk to you. <laughs> and um, she said, my name's Chaplain Ernestine Hunt, and um, I have a group called Soul Sisters, and I really am looking for a, a white woman of some influence to help me with this project. And Ernestine didn't know who I was or that I had any kind of position at all, but she came up and talked to me. And the second that I heard about her dream and her program, I knew it was something that I wanted to be involved in. Amen. Wow. And how long ago has that been? How long for you all? 2013, Two and a half years? Yeah. Well, I think maybe late 2012, early 2013. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And this will be the second uh, event that you're kind of having? Well, actually, it's not really the second event. We've had a number of things over the 14 years, okay. but this is the uh, second tea okay. that we're going to have. I-, I love tea parties. As a little girl, I dressed up all the time and played dollhouse and had tea. So I thought that would be a great way for women to come together uh, over a cup of tea 
and we're going to have free tea cups for the ladies. It's going to be a really nice event. Okay, okay. And we're going to go ahead and give out some information as to where it's going to be. However, we do need you guys to RSVP because it just makes things better, makes things flow better once you know about how many people are expected. So what we're in need, we'll just come out and say at this point, what we are in need of now is more. We are in need of African-American women to RSVP. I believe Heidi has, what, maybe 100 or more, Heidi? Um, I would say I would say around that, yes. Okay, of our Caucasian sisters, and we're so delighted that they are coming on board so quickly, and we need to do the same. So, if we could have more African American women RSVP, that would be great. So the event is Saturday, February fifteenth, from one to three at Harding Academy on Cherry Road. It is a free event. Uh, fellowship, fun, food, and a cup of tea. But most of all, you will unite with someone, leave with a friend, and bring a friend as well. Yeah. I have had about 15 to 20 people that I know okay. coming since Wonderful. we've connected. Um, that being said, we are constantly trying to add to that number. Now, I want to get on the other side of this as to why is this – I know why it's important to you as far as your vision, mm-hmm. Um sitting there seeing the disconnect, so to speak, mm-hmm. even in a sense of where we should be connecting. Because right. this is not a black-white issue. It is an, a, an issue overall because right. we as sisters, we tend to have issues connecting, even those who say they're friends and say they love one another. So it's ironic that we're here needing more people who look like you and I. Right. Because, again, and I want to get into that tonight, why is it, and this is a question for everyone, and there's no right or wrong answer here. This is based on your feelings, your opinion, what you've experienced. Why do you feel, well, let's go back. Why is it important uh, for us as a whole in the city of Memphis, let's just start here, Mm -hmm. to have women come together, unite, fellowship without all the stuff? Well, uh, one of the studies that I did when I worked on my doctorate at Memphis Theological Seminary, I have a project that's called WEEP. It's another ministry. And WEEP stands for Women Plus Men Enabling and Empowering People. The theological basis for that is Psalms 35. It says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Now, the end of that, J-O-Y, is another ministry. It stands for Jesus over you. So the ministry is now called Joy Ministries, since I have completed a doctorate in faith and health. And from that research, there is a lot of weeping going on in Memphis, Tennessee. Not just Memphis, but all over the world. But in particular, we have a special work here. Martin Luther King died fighting for freedom and equality among the races. We have a Soul Sisters International that addresses all races, but we started with black and white for the particular work that we need to do here in Memphis. And going back to your specific question about white women, historically, women get things done. Not to say men don't, but women typically go to the heart of an issue 
And that is why we're asking the women to come together. Going back again in the research, there's a woman in the city. Um, her name is Joyce Worsberg, W-R-Z-B-U-R-G. She's an attorney here in Memphis. And there's nothing new under the sun. In our research, we found that uh, Joyce, along with other women in Memphis, had already tried to address some of the same issues that we're trying to do. So we're really... Uh, just trying to resurface some of the work that has already been done and get women of today to come back and bond deeper here in Memphis, mm -hmm. you know, go to the root of the matter. You know, there was some – Heidi, do you have anything? Yes, what I was going to say is I, I just wanted to expand on, on that just a little bit because uh, Ernestine is exactly right. What What we believe is that – the differences in the races um, and the separation that we have is sitting like a dark cloud on our city. And yes. it, Memphis is a great, wonderful place to live. And it, it's largely a Christian city. But it's like we just can't get past this one issue. And, um, and, it, and it's keeping us back. It's keeping us from working together. I see it every day in medicine. I see it very, very much in the political realm. I mean, little things like that you wouldn't think where um, the difference in your skin color would make any kind of difference, but yet it's an issue in everything. And the beauty of, of um, the vision that Ernestine's been given is that we believe women have a particular influence on the culture. We believe women change the culture. And and that's what's given to us. We're given to do the things that are put in front of us to do. We're not trying to change the world, but we're trying to two by two have yes. an influence on our sister, on our city, simply by getting to know each other. There is so much. Um, there's so much we don't know about about other cultures, and. And, 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 and even though you can live next door to somebody and there are still some issues that, that there's just not good communication on and there's nothing that will make somebody more human and open your heart and your eyes than having a friend. And especially for women, we're gifted with friendships. You know, that that's our gift. So we, we just want to have some girlfriends and have fun and build that network. We want to have a good young girl network to compete yeah. with the boys, the old boys network. So, you know, I'm reminded as as I prepared to move back to Memphis uh, some years ago, back in 2000, I believe it was, and as I was preparing, I had, oh gosh, probably I would say nine out of every ten people that became aware that I was moving back to Memphis. Uh, they would they would ask me the question and they would look at me like I just had lost my mind. Why in the world are you wanting to go back to Memphis? Mm -hmm. And I consistently and continue to hear this so much so that I started to feel a little bit angry by it. Mm -hmm. But I'll be very honest with you when I when I came back, it was as if I was walking back in time. Wow! wow. I remember wow. having to deal with. Uh, not with just sisters who look like me, but the sisters of Caucasian as well, in the sense of I've, I've always seen myself as very driven. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't need you to drive me. I don't need you to pat me on the back. I, don't, I, just, I just didn't. And when you walk back, I felt like I walked back into a world where some people saw me as, well, you're a, you're a black girl. You shouldn't expect to be here or do this or mm -hmm. in the workplace specifically. Yeah. So whereas 
you're looked at if you if you they offer all type. Uh, prime example, mm-hmm. they offer all type of free classes. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that you would pay hundreds of dollars to get your certification for. And I'm thinking, free? Count me in. <laughs> so what happens is you get looked at by the white people as why are you why are you signing up for this class? Mm-hmm. And oh wow, my name. Right. And from the black women, I would get well. Now she thinks she's better. Right. Because she uh, and I would I would have them ask why why are you taking one because it's free mm-hmm. what I would do with it I don't know but I know right now it's free and I'm going to sign my name to it because I don't have to pay for it so you right I'm going to take it and I remember one day sitting as clear just like it was yesterday thinking what did I come back into mm-hmm. what have I all those questions that people were asking me before I came I saw them just right in front of me. Yeah. Because, again, you find yourself feeling like you have to fight everybody. So the white people, in my opinion, would look like, well, who do you think you are? And my black people would say, well, she thinks she's better. Now, personally, we, we could take that somewhere because it's a mindset that has come from way before now. But we have to get past that. And first of all, before I can be your soul sister, i got to dig in my soul and see what's going on with me and know who I am. I'm finding that a lot of this is coming from people just not really knowing and liking who they are. Right. Who cannot mm-hmm. exist in, in, in the midnight hour by themselves. Right. Well, also, um, part of the vision for Soul Sisters and Soul Sisters International is to have some cultural sensitivity workshops, you know, because we have a lot of work to do in all the races. Black and Mexicans. We have Mexicans in our city, and there's hatred among the blacks and the Mexicans. We don't even know why we hate each other. And all the other different nationalities we have in Memphis. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I think another thing is we get, we're, we're not, we don't think that we experience some of the same issues and problems. I remember sitting in um, Breaking Free. It was like a 10-week yeah. class, mm-hmm. Beth Moore. Right. And it was a 10-week once. I think we went once or twice a week. I can't remember. Um, but I remember sitting there thinking, and again, you guys, I just have to say, you look God on the truth. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting thinking, wow, you all have just as many problems as we have, and some of them are much worse. I mean, to a <laughs> But really, I mean, you experience things, and we experience things, but when I sat and listened to the Caucasians' experiences, I thought, wow. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, I had the same experience. I love Bible studies at Central Church. And I was among a beautiful group of white women. I was always the only black, but it never made difference to me. And it was awesome to see that they had issues just like I had issues. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not from here originally. I'm from the Midwest, and I grew up on a farm. And so, um, and then I went away to an international boarding school. So um, I, I learned early on to deal with other cultures. Uh, at home in, in Nebraska, where I'm from, everybody is 
pretty much your relative by third or fourth degrees or, or they're, they live close to you over in Europe or something, you know, that there were people who didn't like somebody because they were Norwegian or because their family was Swedish or something, you know. And so I was used to those kinds of um, cultural biases, and I always thought they were stupid. But then I went away to an international boarding school, and my first experience with people of another color was sort of intimidating because these were people who'd been to some of the finest schools in the world and they were much smarter than I was and and very refined and urbane and um and I was a little girl from a farm. And so I just didn't um I just come from a very different a very different background from the folks in Memphis. So when I came here I was uh not sure what to expect but I was surprised at how the differences and the divide is maintained by both sides. And it, it's kind of a defensiveness. And to me, it's very much, um, it's a cultural difference. It, it's, it's sort of the same as when, um, when you know, the girls from, there was um, missionary girls who would come to our school, to our international boarding school from Africa, but they were, they were white. Okay, they were they were missionary students, but they'd grown up in a grass hut, and they'd come over to our school then, and there were cultural differences, and we just all had to learn how to respect each other's cultures. Just because our cultures are different doesn't mean one is better than the other. It's just differences, and the beauty that, of that is that once you find some really neat traits about someone else's culture, then you become a better person. Your eyes are open. You learn better in different ways to do things, different foods to eat, different viewpoints in life. And that is what I'm hoping we can do in Memphis is realize that sometimes cultures are different, but that's okay. We can learn from each other and be stronger. That's what diversity is. Amen. And and just let me add to that a little bit, Heidi. As you were talking, I was thinking about my other son, Sister Lori Apatata. And when Lori was here in Memphis, she introduced me to so many different cultures. I always refer to her as an international person. She had black friends, Chinese friends, Mexican friends. In fact, she speaks Spanish. And just the love that we shared among each other was so beautiful. She opened a Bible study in her home, and it was when we began to know each other intimately that change began to occur in each one of us. And that's really what we want to accomplish in Soul Sisters. Wonderful. We have a caller. Um, Let's go ahead and start taking some calls. Uh, with questions and comments. And for the chat line, for you all listening, please know that you can submit your questions and comments there as well, and I will pull those in just as quickly as possible. But, again, you're listening to the Butterfly Evolution Radio Show. Thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight. We're going to pull in a caller from the 901 area code with the last four digits of my favorite numbers, 111. (laughs) You're on the air with us. Hi, this is Ginger. How are everybody doing? Hi, Ginger. How are you? Fine. I wanted to um, make a comment, actually. Um, I was raised in Olive Branch, and I listened to you guys, the different experiences that you have. And I'm an African-American woman. And the interesting thing is when I was growing up, I had the opposite effect. I was more accepted in the Caucasian race than I was in my own race. And even to this day, I have a problem with my own race and my own sisters because of that reason. 
And me and Tammy have talked about this a lot of times because that's my, she knows me and Memphis just don't get along for that reason, but that's my experience as far as being accepted from a whole other race versus the race that I actually am. And it's it's amazing that when she mentioned about self-hatred of our own people, that's what we, that's what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. And because of that reason, this is a good opportunity for me to not only um, embrace my own people because I've had problems with it, but also learn other cultures of other women um, and, and how their lifestyles are. Ginger, can I ask you a question? I actually have two questions, if you don't mind, and we'll pass sure. those around. Sure. Ginger, I'm going to put you on the spot with one of these questions, so I'll make it last. <laughs> what do you feel or have you had a chance to think about the the why you were uh, more so accepted with the Caucasian women more so than women who look like yourself? Um, I was called because I I did not. I'm gonna tell you what I was told. I didn't act black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was told. And even throughout my life, I mean, I'm still in the business world. I get the same thing. You don't act black. People talk mm-hmm. to me on the phone from other places, and they're like, uh, "You're not black." <laughs> so. That's that's the main thing I always have gotten. You're trying to act a different race. You just don't act black. That's just pretty much what I've always gotten. And see that, I'm and I'm like, well, what are what am I supposed to act like? I mean, I don't know. Is acting black, and that's that's something um, for all of you. I want to throw this in really quick, and I have another question for you, and then um, we all may have some, okay. the others may have some, but. I am. I have this guy coming on the show, and he wrote a book called I'm Tired of Being Black. And I remember hearing about that on the radio. He's been on once before, but the, the topic got away from us. We, we ended up talking about something else, so I've asked him to come back on. He is, and, and when you talk about don't judge a book by its cover, it's, it's not saying that he's tired of being black. What he's saying is I'm tired of, tired of all the stereotypes that people expect me to have, four kids, no wife, speak slang, sag my pants, Mm -hmm. and I'm not that. So what he says is I'm tired of being rejected because of that Mm -hmm. by my own brothers Mm -hmm. and family sometimes. But when I get to the white side, then, hey, you don't act black. You're different. But that's that's, that's the new way to say it. Mm -hmm. You're different. And so... And coming back to the Soul Sister T, this is why something like this is needed, because we are a misunderstood race, number one, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we're misunderstanding each other. But as you started out doing the show, where you were sitting in a place where ministry was teaching you to, to minister to the masses, Amen. here people were still mm-hmm. divided. divided. So how can you minister and be a ministry to someone mm-hmm. serving God allowing God to get that glory, and not being able to unite with your neighbor. Amen. I mean, your true neighbor, sometimes in your house, yes. across the street, whatever the case may be. Yes. So I want, I'm glad you, you gave that answer, uh, Ginger. Now, let's pass through, and I'll come back with my last question, because Ginger's probably going to kill me on the last question. But no, Um Ginger, thank you for sharing that comment. You just gave me a lot to think about because I want to know what it looks like to act black. So that's, that's yeah. what I was wondering. <laughs> that's definitely something I mean, we can I, talk a I, long I hear time that about. Over. I'm like, is there, is, there some supposed, is there supposed to be some way that black people or white people act? I mean, I don't I mean don't to know. sound stupid, but I don't know what that I don't know what that is. 
and um, you know, and and I think that's a shame. I, I mean, I just think that's, I think that's, I think that's ignorance on the part of the people who are seeing that. Mm-hmm. Well, the you thing know, is, it, what it would come with me would be like um, how I talk, how I dress, how I communicate, how I articulate my words, um, my name. I had a lot of. It was a lot of things. And in Olive Branch at that time growing up, I mean, I was born and raised here, it was majority, it was 15%, I think, African-American, 85% Caucasian. I just, that was, and I just literally got cast out. My bullies were my own people. I mean, mm-hmm. the people who accepted me were Caucasians. I mean, whether it was students or teachers. I was the only black majority of my classes, the only black, period. So I got singled out for those reasons as well. I can't help I played the piano and I was smart. And I got singled out for that reason. That's part of the acting black came from. Mm. And see, that's where where I mean when you have to deal with it. And and I want us to stop here for just a minute because it goes deeper. It gets deeper. Yeah. And we, we will have to go way back and bring for, bring it back forward. But this is not just in schools. This happens within families. Um, based on the corporate world color and so forth. Ginger and I we had kind of talked about this. We have a new organization called Black Wall Street um Methods Roundtable and we had a good conversation I guess last month, first meeting, where we kinda of got really deep into mm-hmm. how it's embedded mm-hmm. within our race. Yeah. How we discriminate yeah. towards one another. And I'm glad you're using that word deep. Because that's exactly what we want to do in Soul Sisters. We don't want this surface stuff, you know. It's like a tree where you have the root, and you have to go to the root of the problem. So we want to be able to go deep on these issues and talk about Starting with self. And, 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 and in doing that, creating that Soul Sister, um, you're, I hope that what you're able to do, I know when I first heard about it, and they tried to explain it as best they could. It was so, so interesting as we sat and talked about it this week of how this, how we connected. You know, the people that were telling me about it really had no idea what they were explaining to me. They really did explain it correctly. It wasn't until talking to Heidi where I really got the gist of it, of, a, of the understanding. But in, in creating or befriending that soul sister of a different race, you're able to, we're able to heal or, or begin yes. the healing yes. process. Yes. Because a lot of, of, of wounds are come from some misunderstanding, Amen. miscommunication, um, and then there's a lot of truth to some things that just need to be said. And Amen. this is how I feel. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean you're wrong. Does not mean you had anything to do with it. But because of some things that happened, this is how I feel. And in talking with some people uh, about a week ago about, and this person shared with me that they went through not being able to drink out of certain water fountains, go to the zoo, right here in Memphis on a certain day. Mm -hmm. And I must say for me, just the fact that this person means so much to me, I never thought about this person having to go through that. And it angered me to the point where, I mean, I was furious, yeah. and, and she thought it, she took it as if you didn't know about that. It's like, of course I knew about it, but I never thought of you as right. going through it. Right. Well, in the beginning, I mentioned the WEEP ministry and that I actually have a doctorate in faith and health, and part of that is wholeness, focusing on mind, body, spirit, and soul, 
and we're weeping in all of those areas. So you're exactly right. And then my role as a chaplain, focusing on hope and healing. Yeah, you know, so. but as you bring up weeping, I feel we're weep. You're exactly right, but we're weeping because we're not talking exactly. about it and dealing with exactly. it. Again, if if I don't tell you, mm-hmm. then I'm. It's still in me. Yeah. It's right. It's rooted mm-hmm. on top of all the other things that life brings you, mm-hmm. like the things that we know we went through. And, yeah. and, and Heidi, I want you to jump in on this part too because and you can. I know you mentioned that what is, um, you, you never really heard that, I guess, what is acting black or, or that kind of thing. Is that something you've heard before in well, any way? I've, I've heard it. Yes, I've heard it, and um, and I, I think I think that's a shame. I, I will tell you, I get um, I get it a little bit just because um, I'm not I'm not from here, and I grew up again in the country on a farm. So some of the experiences that I have, and this this may sound odd to you, but some of the experiences I have growing up on in the country where we didn't have a whole lot of money and um, Things, you know, I, I saw a certain level of society living in a way on TV that was nothing at all related to how we were living. And um, so I felt kind of disconnected. A lot of my experiences, I actually relate more to folks here in the African-American community. I understand about transportation problems, about maybe not having a reliable car to get someplace and living far enough away. And, I mean, so there there are things that people think that I wouldn't understand because of who I am, you know, or the, or the color of my skin, mm-hmm. but yet I understand those, I understand those pretty well. And, and people sometimes make assumptions about me, like usually people say, oh, well, you must live in Germantown because I'm white. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, it, they they have no idea that I worked very very hard for a living, and I did physical physical labor, and um, and I'm proud of it. You know, um, I'm I'm proud of the fact that my parents raised me and uh, and raised me to be a Christian woman. And if I can just focus on that part for a little bit, I think what's unique about Ernestine's vision for Soul Sisters that I truly believe God gave her is that we're relying on the Holy Spirit to do the work that we can't do. Um, the Holy Spirit can, can soften your heart. And, yes. and, you know, Jesus said he made all things new, and we're a new creation. And, amen. I think, I think coming together, we can be new creations, not saying that we don't still recognize the old part, but that we can free ourselves of some of these things by talking about them openly, being open, and trusting God to do the work, um, right. you know, and so maybe I'm being naive, but the, uh, the way I keep telling people is, look, the worst thing that can happen is you get some good girlfriends out of this. And Amen. how is that bad? <laughs> you know? So, you just um, made this, one other thing. We want women who may be having transportation issues, don't let there be a stumbling block for you in coming to the T. We have transportation available Someone has volunteered to assist with transportation. So if you need a ride, uh, make sure you go to the link and check out our number and everything, and you can call, and we will assist you with that. Right. And what you could do, let's just get this in just one more time, and we'll do it again at the end of the show, and then we're going to get back onto the event. But if you, if you, we do, again, want you to RSVP, and what you can do is 
send it directly. I checked on the Evite. There's no um, no way to kind of do the info there. So just send the in, send your information or your request or your RSVP. You can send it to info. That's I N F O at butterflyevolution.org. Okay, info the at sign butterflyevolution.org that will come directly to us, and we will RSVP you if you cannot. There is an Evite out there. Um, it is. I was going to give that out to you tonight, but it is such a crazy link until I don't think you'd write it down correctly anyway. So that's why I thought it would be easier just for you to go to info at butterflyevolution.org, send that email, and then we will need your email address, how many people are coming, and, your, and the names of the people that are coming, correct? Mm-hmm. That will do it. Yeah, and if right. you don't mind, provide a number as well. That way, if we are not able, if we just want to, if we need to contact you, we can. So do that again at info at butterflyevolution.org. If you have Facebook, um, you can also connect on Facebook. The sister, Soul Sister page is up. The Evite link is on the page there. You can contact uh, me or Dr. Hunt, either one, will respond back to you promptly so but again we will need your email address name email address the number of people attending and again it is free saturday february 15th from one to three at harding academy on cherry road correct it's 1100 cherry road right Mm -hmm. okay and so again free you get your teacup tea food fellowship we'll have blue star uh photography is going to be taking doing the doing the photos and all that for us wonderful um so just just please come out. Bring your mom, your sisters, friends, uh, neighbors. Just bring people out because this is this is what is needed. Just like we're sitting here tonight, talking, discussing. I heard Heidi said that you know she has an understanding, and I feel like once we have an understanding of each other's world, whether you're black or white, man or woman, if you have an understanding, compassion for that, and you're willing to meet that person halfway. The sky is the limit, and that I think it's going to take all of us to speak up for injustice for anyone or in anybody's life. And when we're able to do that as God-fearing people that we claim to be, when we're able to step up and stand up for justice for everybody, regardless of your height, your weight, your size, your color, just because God instructs us to do so, then we're on the right track, then we're serving God, then we're pleasing God, then we're bringing glory to God, his kingdom. So, Tammy, you had another question? Um, I did. I was going to ask you about um, Memphis, your thought on Memphis. I know that you've lived places. What are your thoughts? I know many people want to leave Memphis. I'm wondering. all too many pe- names on this phone, but many people would like to leave Memphis. So what are your thoughts about Memphis and why? Well, I've been in other places. In general. The, reason, re- the real reason, there's two reasons why I do want to leave Memphis. It's not diverse enough, meaning I've lived in Dallas. I've had a brief stint in New York. I've lived in Charlotte. And in those cultures, there are a lot of diversification. There's a lot of different ethnic races, but it's, it's a even enough mix where 
it, the lines get blurred where there's not a really it's a it, if there is a race issue, it's not really on the forefront like it is in Memphis. In Memphis and in other places in the South, but just specifically here, it is strictly black and white, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest problem. That's that's the one problem with Memphis economy. If they do not have enough diversification here, if you go to Atlanta, you have a lot of diverse diversity there. You have different ideas, different um, people who who can create things that are just not in the hands of the minority, but it's in the hands of the majority. That's why I have left Memphis so many times because of that one reason. Because I see where the problem is, but until leadership changes. That problem will never be resolved because it's still just black and white. You got a city that wants to be a town, but they want to still be considered a city. You can't be both. That's why I've left for that reason because if this city had that one thing that brought races from all over, if they became the next Atlanta, even Nashville, this city would be so powerful. It would just the the thing of black and white would basically it wouldn't disappear, but it wouldn't be so in your face. Yeah, and that's the main reason why I've left several times over and over and over again. Okay. All right. Well, I'll go with that. Thank you for answering that question. (laughs) You're welcome. And thank you for calling in. Anything else you want to share or or questions or comments? I want to ask Heidi a question. Okay. Oh, please. Um. This is this is the one thing that I have I've wondered because you are in you are in city government and you understand you know what's going on and the one thing about us black women we the society the media tells us that other races have it better than us and that's one of the things that we really need to get past it so with your upbringing of what you've gone through. And you understand how the media states that. How are we to, even if this thing that we're coming to on Saturday, we've got to overcome that. How do we overcome that? Because that that is, in my mind, what I see on TV. Do you know what that, you have summed it up so well. And I'm going to date myself here. I'm almost 50, okay? But I remember growing up and watching the Brady Bunch. And I remember thinking, who lives like that? Who goes on vacations to Hawaii and has all these neat clothes and cars and a big house. And I mean, I just really felt totally disconnected like that because growing up in the country, you don't have all of that. Um, and, you know, living on a farm, it's, you know, you're very frugal because you have to be because you don't know what the next crop is going to be. So I felt very disconnected from that. And it, I still sort of do, if that makes sense. What finally mm-hmm. helped me get to a place where it didn't matter so much was when I started to realize that, um, that yes, some people have these lifestyles that I really couldn't quite relate to, but underneath when I would get to know them, when I got a chance to get to know people like that, um, they were just the same as me, and if I could relate to them on a faith level and on a personal level, if I could see them as a child of God, then then it, it, they didn't seem so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Do you follow that? And um, and I really think that's one of the beauties of the Soul Sisters thing is if we do this right and if we allow the Spirit to lead us on it, 
these friendships will mature in, in, in a way that's natural. We're not going to try to force them into a crucible and say, we've got to meet so many times and keep a journal and we'll, we'll graph it, you know, and do all those things that make it boring. Um, I think that we as women will be able to relate to one another about the things that we share. For instance, this is the question that I get all the time. Um, people want to talk about hair, right? Well, Okay, so I'm I'm as I'm as white as they come. I'm from German background, and I'm kind of blondish, and I I can cannot get a tan. Okay, I mean I, you know, but I have I have ethnic hair. My hair is so dry that if I wash it too often, it will absolutely fall out. And I remember the first time that I shared with one of my African American coworkers about that she just didn't believe me for the longest time. She said, "No, you're white. You don't you don't have hair like that." And I said, "Well." <laughs> You know, I, all I can tell you is that if I wash my hair too much, I will have bald spots on my head, you know. so And it's little things like that. I know that seems trivial, but it's little things like that that we think is different mm-hmm. about, you know, and we've got, it, we've got it put into a stereotype, you know, and, and it's not that way. Like um, white women think that African-American women have these fabulous figures and never have to, um, diet and everything just comes, you know, they never have to fight weight and those kind of things. And I know that's not true either, you know, but there are, we have, we have silly, silly misconceptions and preconceptions about people. I need to raise one question. You brought it up just a few minutes ago, and this is for anybody on this call. Me and Tammy has had this conversation. The biggest problem that some of us, Black women, we're not marrying, and we see so many Caucasian women who are married. And that is, and I've been, I've had this conversation, what are they doing that we can't do? Because most of us are single. They're men. <laughs> and I, that show. has been a question I have had for years. I tell you, Ginger, <laughs> let me say this. If you come to the team, we will have that discussion. <laughs> about how God gives us beauty for ashes. I know that women, lots of women, love beauty. One of the differences that I can see, uh, one of the things that has blessed me tremendously with my soul sisters, uh, my Caucasian soul sisters, are how they really just beautify things. Not to say that we can't do it as African-American women, but... My soul sister decorated for my daughter's wedding. It was like something out of a magazine. So I believe that there are special gifts and talents that each one of us have that we can use to bless each other with that. And I'd like to just add a little bit, an answer to your question. You asked, how do we overcome, Ginger? And I believe the answer to that is we overcome by love, just loving on each other and understanding each other, because that's what Jesus wants us to do. He said love covers. We just want to cover each other with some love. You know, I take it always, I always have to go back to self, because I can't love you if I don't love me. And and that I, I stand on that. That's something I don't, I won't bend on. We are lacking in this world lack of self-love. That's true. And always it, because of that, I think we're always seeing each other 
as our competition. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't just I couldn't agree with that more. That is, and women particularly, I notice it more in the South. Women particularly here in the South um, are kind of frenemies. You know, right. you can be friends with somebody, but you're always a little competitive with them. And I think that's, um, I think we're, I, I think we're ready to move beyond that, where we can be strengthened by each other and by each other's talents and beauties. But Tammy, I've never met you face to face, but when we had the conversation the other day, I came away so blessed by your intelligence and your um, your your commitment and your drive, it just shines through you. That makes me a better person. That makes me stronger when I'm around when I'm around people like you. That makes me better. I can love myself better when when I'm around people who are excellent and who love themselves and who love others. Like I said, the worst thing that can happen with this is we're going to come away with some good girlfriends. The best thing that can happen is that we actually break free from what I believe is an evil force in our city that's keeping us from fulfilling our mission here. Yes. And that's a start. And that's why, again, you guys, you you ladies, we want, are men invited? (laughs) If they want to come. We're not excluding anyone. Men, you are welcome to come. There is neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. So if you want to come, do. come. They're going to have tea just like we are. Sit in the back? No. They're going with us and have tea. Hey, Heidi, was that a yes or a no? Well, if Ernestine says they can come, they can come. But I'm going to share, I'm going to share a little story. Okay, so I was, um, I've been reaching out to folks, um, and I, I'm just blessed to know some really terrific people in Memphis. I, I love Memphis. Memphis has taken me in um, and... And, and loved on me, right? And so I called somebody who's high up in a, in a large church body. You'd recognize the name of it if I if I told it to you. And I was kind of telling him Ernestine's concept, and I was like, look, we just want to be friends for a year. You know, and he goes, well, in order to do this, you know, you really need to have, like, two phone conversations a week and then meet every month and document it. And, and then, you know, how will you measure whether it's been successful? And I was like, oh, listen, I love you. But that's why you men aren't invited because you're going to suck the fun right out of it, and we just want to have we just want to get together and have girlfriends and do our nails and um, and talk and just have fun. We don't we don't want it to be um, we don't want it to be burdensome. We've already got enough burdens in our life. We've got enough yeah. chores. We've got enough have to dos. We've got enough bills. Right. This we want this to be a blessing and fun. So if men are ready to do that, they're welcome. Ernestine, she sets the rules on this deal. But if you're going to come, you cannot be a fun sponge. <laughs> oh, God. Amen. Okay. Okay, I have a question that has come in. Um, do you ladies feel that – oh, wow, I just got another one, too. Wow, no men. That's not what we're – that's not what they said. <laughs> I got this text. No men. That's not what they said. However, we do have, uh, we're going to pull this caller in here shortly and have him give his um, perspective from, from, from the man's point of view. Um, you've made me get off track here. Oh, do you, do you feel that, the question is, do you feel that this changes the, the, the um, disconnect 
of the unity between women, does it get better as you get older? Do you find that the older women get, they are able to better connect more so than the younger people? And if so, why or why not? Um, uh, not necessarily. In fact, my my soul sister in Florida has a little girl uh, who's 13. When we met, she was a baby. And she started her own little soul sisters club. So... Age is not a factor. I have not had that experience. Hmm. I think it's more of a heart issue. Okay. Um, Heidi? I, I agree with that exactly. In fact, sometimes, you know, when folks get older, they just um, get more set in their ways. I think this is about where you're at with your faith walk, what God's done in your heart, and um, whether you're shutting them out. So, you know, if if you're open and available to this, you're going to be blessed by it, whether you're, you know, three or whether you're 93. And so I, I don't think age is necessarily it. I, I would hope that we get old, wiser as we get older, but, um, you know, I wouldn't just bank on it. Yeah, I, I don't think that age has anything to do with it. Actually, I see uh, older women having more drama and issues or about the same amount. And then on the younger level, you know, I'd like to see this done on a younger scale as well because our young girls, even with the organization that I have, the 901 Butterflies, there's so much competition and competitiveness in, um, within them, among them, so much so until I can only see where that goes. Heidi, you said a couple of times the word um, kind of, well, you said some words that make me come here to this point. We've taken God out of so many things. We've taken the root of God's word out of almost everything in this world. And this is why it comes back to saying do not be conformed to this world. And my new saying is we're no longer conformed. We are addicted to the patterns of this world, so much so to they override the love that we say we have for God. Um, so that being said, I don't think age, to answer to answer the question for our listener, I personally do not think that it gets better or worse. I think it kind of stays the same and it is what it is across the board. And, be, and I feel it's that way because we have taken out, we've taken God out of everything. We have no morals, we have no values, we have no ethics. Everything is acceptable. You, you get to do what you want, period. And you can continue to do what you want and live how you want to live and serve God. You just can't. You don't want to continue to do those things. If you are truly seeking God, your life changes. And we have to start, I put a posting out today, the, sermons, the sermon we see. Mm-hmm. We have to, number one, start being the sermon that our children it, it goes right back. We are where we are at this point. We can change. However, we start, We need to start allowing these kids to see us. Our young girls need to see me getting along with Ginger, that I'm not talking to her one minute and talking about her the next. We just simply need to do better and allow our young girls, they, they do what they see us do. Our kids will mimic what they see. We have to ask ourselves, what are they seeing? What are our young ladies seeing? Because I know I look at people, 
I have some people that I look at that are 60, 65, 70, and I'm thinking, is this what I have to look forward to? Really, do I still have to expect to encounter some of the same issues? If the issues, am I going to go through them the same? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then say that I've been serving, seeking God truly my whole life. Am I going to, if I go through these things, am I going to go through them a bit differently mm-hmm. because we're on the, if we're on the same level spiritually, mm-hmm. if we've been seeking and serving, am I going to go through them with some peace and some expectation for God to, to be glorified through it, mm-hmm. or am I going to die in the midst of it? So um, we are going to bring this caller in. So I hope we answer the question for, do we have a caller there? This is Lori. Does she have a question? No, she not Okay, okay. I just don't want to miss anybody. So we're going to, I just want to make sure. I don't know if you're okay. here. <clears throat> we're going to pull in our caller. Um, we're pulling in Anthony. He, Anthony is going to give us his the male perspective of why he feels women, that we just don't connect and unify as we should. Anthony, you're online with us. Good evening, ladies. How everyone doing? Hey. Can you hear me okay? I'm on my Bluetooth. We can hear you just fine. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of came in on the intel of the show, um, so I, I was kind of going to add a couple of questions more so than comments. Like, what exactly is the organization, or is this the organization, or is this an event? Uh, it is uh, a ministry. It's a ministry. Okay. So, sisters. And it's based on a vision. And the event is Saturday, February 15th. So it's, it's both the Soul Sisters. I know you kind of came in late. You said the, the Soul Sisters uh, started some time ago by just a vision that um, Ernestine had and just kind of birthed from there. But they are sponsoring an event Saturday, February 15th from 1 to 3 at uh, Harding Academy, and it's basically fun, fellowship, um, food, and connecting. So the gist of it is to have sisters of different races connect. So everybody will leave with someone, someone's contact information um, and how they choose to experience each other for that, that year, up-and-coming year, is up to them. It could be lunches, dinners, as, as often as they'd like, phone conversations, email, but they're stepping into each other's world trying to connect and understand so that we can continue to connect and grow. And that being said, I'm also pushing for, um, for pe- I, I, again, I feel like we have to learn to accept each other first, accept ourselves, accept each other, women who look like me, women of color, whatever color you are. We have to first learn how to accept one another and eliminate that anger. So, in my opinion, that's what it's about, Anthony, about uniting women of all races. Uh, while that being said, learning to focus on on our deep-rooted issues as well because that's where, as you know, and, and Anthony, I want you to tell them who you are and about your book and all of that as well. Just just tell out when your show airs as well. But I've, I've learned a lot, read Anthony's book, one of my favorite books now, the one that I refer back to quite often. Um, so, Anthony, if you'll tell, hopefully I answered your question about that. Heidi, anything to add about the organization or the event that we missed out on? 
No, you you all have it just exactly right. And, um, you know, I, I joked a little bit about men not being welcome, but we, we call it soul sisters, but, of course, men are going to, if somebody wants to come with their wife or something, um, I think they will be blessed by it, too. Just know there's going to be a whole lot of estrogen in the room. Okay. Okay, okay great, great. Um, okay. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Tammy. Uh, my name is Anthony D. Collins. I'm also a BTR radio host. We have our own network called Vibration Radio. I do the Anthony and V-Fly show and also the Aggressively Demanded Change show. Um, I just released my new book, Life is Outstanding, um, January 15th of this year. Um, and that's pretty much it. You can, if you want more information about that, you can go to my website. That's um, anthonydcollins.com forward slash book. And it'll give you all the information needed about my book, about the radio show, about my mentoring, and different things like that. Um, but this program, from what I'm hearing, sounds fantastic, sounds great. I think I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, earlier when I came in listening, that someone was mentioning um, why, or asking, or it just maybe asking or making a comment, why it seems like so many women of different races or whatever it is compete against each other or have such negative attitudes towards each other at times, not all, but some. I think, in my opinion, a big reason, and I heard somebody mention because what they see on TV, but that's the number one reason right there. What we visualize on TV, what we visualize on mainstream radios, is really embedded in us. So if we keep seeing these images, we are visual beings. You have to take it from a scientific approach. If we keep seeing these negative images, the negative images don't come and enter into our lives. It's just science. So what I do will change my life tremendously. I don't watch none of it, none of it. I handpick everything that I do watch. I watch no reality shows. I don't watch BET. I don't watch CNN because most of the stuff that they tell you are lies anyway when you do your own research. So the more you pull yourself out of the negative world that they keep feeding you, the better and easier your life will change. I agree. I agree. And and I want to just... Uh... Anthony, I, I, I know you don't mind, but I cannot say enough, you guys, and I get nothing from Anthony's book. Anthony I just and I kind of met through the radio show and just the energy level and so forth, but I was, I was blessed to read Anthony's book. He asked me, you know, just to kind of be a second eye, one of the pre-readers, and I was blown away. And since then, when I find myself, and we need to do this. This is good as we approach this event, even the so. When I find myself just experiencing some things that I don't quite understand or, or I'm not dealing with so well, I remind myself of how blessed I am, how much so that my life is outstanding. And I've told Anthony, I've shared it with some of my closest friends, and they started to repeat it for themselves. When things get seem rough, when they feel challenged, when it just seems like, you know, everything is coming from everywhere, we tell ourselves life is outstanding because we are we are truly blessed. So if if you are able to read Anthony's book, please go out um and order it, support it, whatever the cause may be. But but if you're looking to change your life through the way you think, it it, it addresses a number of things on a very uh plain level. Okay? So thank you, Anthony. I believe you have a question for Anthony or for Yeah, I have a comment from Anthony. Anthony, I would like sure. to recruit you as a soul brother. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be awesome to have black and white men 
get together and dialogue. But we'll talk later. Okay. Well, Anthony will be here. Anthony, if I may, Anthony is going to speak at, uh, I'm putting on a, a women's conference called Turn Off the Lights. It will be in June. I've had to push that back just because of time and, and, and all that. But he he will be one of the main speakers, actually the main speaker. I've had, uh, ironically, I've had all men um, contact me about speaking, and that's new to me. I thought, you know, this is a, this is a women's conference, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm finding is that men are starting to speak out more about the lack of self-worth, lack of self-love that women have. Uh, more men are becoming or choosing celibacy than, than women are. It's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just to say that Anthony will be here in June uh, as actually the main speaker. So you all will get to meet your new soul brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate I, it. But I, I think what, what we have, and just to add real quick, Tammy, is the fact that um, a lot of us are starting to understand that it start with it starts with the woman, period. You know, we have to set the foundation with you guys, and we have to try to get you guys um, back on any type of track because when you guys get on track, it automatically put us in line, period. And that's the part that we kind of get misconceived. We think that it starts with the man, but in, in reality, we came from you. So if we don't help you get in order, we'll never be in order. So I think that's why you're seeing the energy turn where a lot of men are trying to reach back to our queens and put them in line so that they're in, in destined to put us in line and make us the king that we need to be because that really is the order. You know, with a lot now, of I am a married woman. Are you married, Anthony? No, no, <laughs> no, I'm not married. <laughs> No, no, ma'am, I'm not. <laughs> okay, you guys. Right. There's going to be, yeah, if he can come to the Soul Sisters event, if you're looking for a husband, right? <laughs> this is a good one. Anthony, I definitely want to come and hear you speak. I'm, um, I appreciate it. It, it really is just a blessing to hear so many different people. I, I think we're at a time here where we're ready to take the next step, and with if if God has ordained it to be the right time, then we mm-hmm. can see it happen. Then in our lifetimes, where we move on to the next step, and um, I, I think I think if we're not ready, we're really, 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 really close. We are ready. The information is out there. The one thing that we have now, we have plenty of information. It's just about what are we going to do with the information? Are we just going to sit on the information? Or are we going to share or take action? We're we'll organized action with the information. So those are the things that we just have to consider. I'm gonna let you get. I'm gonna let you ladies go. This sounds outstanding, Tammy. Is always great show. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys when I come to Tennessee. And thank you so much again for having me on. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Okay, we're right. going to pull in. Thank you. We're gonna pull in a caller. Um, and Ginger, I still have you in with us. So just just be feel free to chime in. I'm gonna leave you in queue. Right now we're going to pull in a caller 901 with the last four digits of 3970. You're on the air with Hello. us. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. This is Lori. How are you? Hi, Lori. How are good. you? Good. Welcome Very to good. the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sorry I'm coming in a little late, but thrilled to be here. Well, thank you, thank you. Any any questions or comments, anything you want to add? I don't know how long you've been on, but anything you'd like to add? Well, I've only been on for a few minutes while um, Anthony was speaking. It was very interesting. And I um, wanted to add that 
I'm just so excited that this opportunity is coming forth to um, actually see something new and, and plant this new seed of intentional friendships between black and white women. I know that there are pockets out there in, in every area of our nation, but, you know, we want it to come to light and just have um, women meet together at a common ground place where, you know, they can just get to know each other and have fun and and just do what Ernestine and I had the opportunity to to just try to get to know each other and just really have a lot of uh, humor and curiosity and just a level playing field. No, you know, too deep, too soon, just taking baby steps until we felt comfortable and, you know, just taking one step further in our relationship to to open new doors, to experience new things and doing this together as our families adjusted and our friends adjusted and just different steps, mostly on my behalf more so than Ernestine. Bless her heart. She's so precious to be patient with me as I was stepping into a, a place of uncertainty in that, you know, this was not a place that I was raised that I was able to do and had no opportunity of understanding even being around anyone that uh, was from a different race until I had moved away from Memphis and lived in another country and and experienced what it was like to be a minority and to really understand people of other cultures and other languages and just really being humbled um, something about being American you know first it was like you know oh, we've got it all together we're number one you know and then I go to another country where I'm like wow this is you know different and I really had to learn what it was to be humble and how to really treat others as I'd like to be treated and really love unconditionally and so when I came back to Memphis I found myself feeling very strange you know like I didn't belong anymore I I had a change of heart I had a change of attitude I had a change of the way I saw other people who were different from me and actually the change was as I saw them as the same I didn't see them physically different from me they had the same hurts and joys and pains and struggles that I did, but somewhat maybe different, you know, in some aspects. But as far as looking at their hearts, they had the same feelings that I did. So I don't know if that's adding something positive, but for me it was life-changing. So I I just... um, that added a lot, and I, I do. This is Tammy. I have a quick question, and I, I don't know how sure. long we to, to stay on, but um, we, we have as much time as we need. But anybody that has to go certainly can. I know it's getting late, but I do have a question, and and I want to say before asking this question, this is what you said. This is what it's going to take. You know, there is such a division, and respectively so. There is a reason for the division. We come from a time of slavery, and and from that slavery, bondage was just 
was carried from generation to generation to generation. There's a lot of soul ties. There's a lot of pain, mistrust, hurt, so forth. But this is what, in my opinion, it is going to take people who don't look like me to understand how I feel, why I feel this way, and not discredit it. And when they see anything going on, again, whether it's injustice for me because of my color or injustice to someone because he's a male or a female, we need to speak up. When you, I heard the story of a, of a young lady who was um, buying grocery and felt like she had been really discriminated against. Well, she was standing there, do I, do I say something and be labeled as the angry black woman, or do I just keep quiet and go on about my way? Well, what ended up happening is there were white people who saw this and recognized it and understood it, so much so until they spoke up on her behalf. So now mm-hmm. it does not appear that you're playing the race card. You are the angry black woman or the angry black man. It is, no, I see this human being, I see this person being discriminated against mm-hmm. clearly because of the color of her skin, that you mm-hmm. pretty much perceive that you got to go through A to Z with her check when you just had someone else go through the line mm-hmm. and went through no process. And when it was called out, what the lady said, well, she comes in here all the time. And the lady said, no, I don't live in this state. I don't come here all the time. She lives in this neighborhood. She does. But what happened was the role was reversed because of who bought who, who, who bought the attention to that issue. Because mm-hmm. I feel like when we do it, we are looked at as, and that makes us angry. Mm-hmm. That does. So when we, and this is what I hope to see come out of this is we have these genuine conversations that lead to actions mm-hmm. when you see injustice going on in the life of anyone, mm-hmm. regardless. Mm-hmm. But it has to start there because there's so much anger, and and I'm all for one saying it's so quick for us for people to say, and I'm I'm keeping it real tonight that get over it. Yeah. How can we, mm-hmm. when we have our young men who who can sit and say, if you think I'm free, drop me off in Carrierville. Mm-hmm. When you have young men who, who feel like it doesn't matter if I get an education or not, if I make a mistake, it is my lifestyle. It's not a mistake. Mm-hmm. It is who I am because of the color of my skin. Yeah. So it's hard to, that makes us angry on top of everything else if we feel inferior to mm-hmm. you as just because of the color of your skin. If we already feel that way, then so many things add to that anger that may just be life happening, but we don't see mm-hmm. it that way because of the roots that are embedded. Yeah, and it's so, so good to have these conversations. It's so good. It's so good. It's it is so good. good to have people that don't look like me say, hey, I understand. Yeah. We have uh, our first African-American president mm-hmm. who in some cases, regardless of what he does, I've told people, if he plants an orange tree, you would say he should have planted an apple tree. tree. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, seriously. So yeah. because it's, it's bigger than we ever it, imagined. It, it is. It's bigger. It's bigger. So mm-hmm. you did bring a lot to it. So, Lori, thank you. And, Lori, now, correct me, you are no longer in Memphis. Is that right? You no longer live in Memphis? No, no. I, I'm in Florida okay. now, but headed that way soon. <laughs> so you will be here for the event? 
Yes, Lord willing, I'm headed that way. Okay, okay, Very great. Can I, just say, can I say something about Lori and Ernestine's friendship? And this is just as um, the, the recent addition to this trio. When Ernestine's sister just passed, who by all reports was a wonderful woman, Lori came back just at yeah. the drop of a hat to be yeah. with, with Ernestine, her soul sister, to support her. And and it, it wasn't a, um, I mean, she was really there with Ernestine, grieving with her over yeah. a lost sister. And yeah. those are the kinds of human bonds when eventually, Lord willing, we'll be able to see each other as being of the same race, the human race, right? We're, we're children of God. That's what connects us. When we can see each other as children of God first and whether some of us are differently colored, second. When we can get to that point, and I pray that it will be sometime in my lifetime, when we can get to that point, then I think um, God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We're not there yet, but bit by bit, two women at a time, we can start. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ernestine and Lori have done. They've been modeling it. And um, I only have the the grace and the privilege of trying to drive it forward. Oh, awesome. And I thank God for that grace because I tell you, and I love both Lori and Heidi, um, and Heidi and I have known each other a short period, but in that short period she has been a mighty whirlwind to come in and run with this vision. Mm -hmm. Lori and I were having so much warfare since 2000. Every time we tried to do something with this vision, there was Uh. a stumbling block. But Heidi has been able to come in like a rushing wind and just move this vision forward. So I thank God for both of them. They are blessings, angels. And I want other women to have the same experience. I I mean, I have so many beautiful stories. It could just make me cry. My my sister's funeral just being one. But when I talk about deep, I mean it's deep and it's genuine and it's sincere. And I just want other women to have that same experience. You know, this is Tam again, and I have to say I feel like I've been blessed because I've I've always had, and I've never said a soul sister, but I've always had friends of different races, yeah. always. So I can't remember not having um, that disconnect. Mm-hmm. So much so we've had the heartfelt conversations where we were able to say anything about the misconceptions, the misunderstandings right. towards one another. So I feel blessed in that in that right. way. I think where my heart aches is the disconnect mm-hmm. amongst people who mm-hmm. I feel that 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 should just be a given. Yeah, and you we want to change mm-hmm. that. We need to change that. You know, God was to. all about relationship. Yeah, He created us for His purpose, and and His model that He left is relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. for us to get an understanding of for each one other. another and accepting unconditional. Acceptance and love. So um, I guess as we work to close, I have one final question, and this is for for you guys. Um, what has been, if anything, have you learned that maybe you had a misperception of just based on um, – we all have these stigmas, I think. Each race has stigmas as to – for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. 
has there been any does there is there anything that stands out that you can remember where you you found out that it was totally different from what you thought it was in that race if you're if you're comfortable with answering that well I'll go first and and I can say that what I've learned is there are people in this city that have a heart to do the right thing that love genuinely and Heidi and Lori are two of those people. I mean, I said I met Heidi's heart first. When when I saw her come across the lobby of that hospital, she looked like something out of a magazine. <laughs> but she mm-hmm. is a beautiful spirit. And she didn't have to take the time to stop and talk with that little child. And that's the other thing. You know, I've seen these women take time. They've taken times out of their busy lives, away from their families, to to love on me, you know. And I appreciate that. It's it's just a beautiful gift. So was that something you did not expect because of the different races? Okay. I did not okay. expect the type of love okay. that I have experienced and the time that has been invested. No, mm-hmm. but it's been a beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. And take some credit for that yourself because you have to have – a welcome. You have to have a receiving spirit. You know, somebody can be willing to give, yeah. but unless you're willing and able mm-hmm. to receive, it does not. It yeah. does not work. Yes. Yeah. So you have to give right. yourself some credit for that right. as well. Uh, Lori, Heidi, in any order, no particular order, which whichever one wants to go first. Well, I okay. guess I'll. Lori, why don't you go first? Yeah. Uh, thank you, Heidi. Hi, this is Lori. Um. Pondering that question, um, I think I made a a decision to um, befriend Ernestine in a way that I knew that would be um, a real challenge for me as far as with with my family, the way I was raised. I knew that I, I was stepping out and firmly making a decision so that my three daughters could see that their mother was, you know, befriending someone different from whom that, you know, she usually was around. And I wanted them to experience that in a way that would be life-changing for them. And I guess I was naive to a certain point. I didn't think it would be as a difficult task as it really, really was, um, just for my my family, which breaks my heart to say that because how hard is it to just be friends with someone that you'd like to get to know? But I had a lot of obstacles that I had to sometimes make, you know, a hard decision and step forward and really know that my family was going to cut me off and my family was going to you know, say really mean things to me. And um, I think the worst experience I had outside of my family was at church. Um, I can't say this without breaking up, but one of the first times that um, Augustine and I had an event at our church, I stood at a table beside her why, while many white women, I mean, it was basically a white church, walked past us and never came over to say hello to me. Many of those women I sat next to in choir, 
and I was so confused. I said, I don't understand. This is a beautiful, you know, ministry and event that's going to take place here at this church, and many of my friends wouldn't walk to the table. And I was, I was devastated. I was like, I don't understand what's wrong. And um, later, Ernestine was just trying to comfort me. I said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being emotional. I said, but what is wrong with this? These people. And she said, Don't you, don't you worry. She said, God is just giving you some black skin for a day so that you can understand. And I never forgot that. And I said, Well. As sweet and as kind and as loving as you are, and your your sisters and your friends have been to me, if I if I for one person can make up for all the hurt that you've gone through, I will live my life trying to be that person for you. And I just I'm so ashamed of of my race and my city because it's not hard to love when God gives you love. He gives it first. We are unable to love without him initiating. And if we say that we are Christians and we have no love, we have nothing. We're just noisy, clanging pots and pans, and people better get real and understand that love takes action, and it takes God's help to really complete it and to step out by faith no matter what. And, And the rewards are better than anything you could even imagine. So if I could add that, I think it was, you know, just being naive in the beginning was the hardest thing, not knowing, you know, that it would be a step of faith and to work and walk in in faith. That's my solicist. I love you, Lori. (laughs) I love you more, girlfriend. (laughs) Lori, this is Tammy, and just thank you for your transparency and your honesty in that. And that's what I mean. It's going to take, um, it's just going to take us to be, to be people who speak up and speak out about injustice, regardless, mm-hmm. regardless. And and more so if we claim to be people of God, if we're busting the doors of church down every Sunday and shouting hallelujah, yeah. then we got to take a look in the mirror. we got to take a look, because we don't know all of the answers. I, I, we don't know what's going to happen at the end. We don't know, but what we do know is God's word. We do know how God has revealed himself so clearly in our lives. We do know that, and we're accountable for what we know. We're accountable. So thank you for the transparency. Thank you for being so so honest um, about what took place, even within your own family. And thank you for not bowing down and turning your head to it. Amen. So, Heidi, so worth it. (laughs) Thank you. Well, after that, wow, um, Lori, that was, uh, and that's what I love about Lori from the short time I've known her is she is very real and um, just a very genuine person, and she and Ernestine are just—they're kind of like um, two peas in a pod. They're—they're—they're they're, they're <laughs> wonderful, wonderful counterparts to each other, and they're—they're they're fun to watch together. My experience is going to be different from Lori's, um, and and this may—this is a, kind of a twist on what you were asking, Tammy. But one of the things that has been 
the most wonderful, wonderful surprise to me is um, how much I am strengthened in my faith when I talk with African-American women. They're so... um, Y'all are so genuine and and truly faithful and and trust in all kinds of circumstances. And... um, and, and I, I will just say this, in in the white culture that I experience right now, it's kind of impolite to talk about God. Does that make sense? And there are a lot of people who, you know, oh, well, we just don't talk about that. You know, you don't talk about religion and politics and shh, shh, keep it to yourself. And I find that to be so um, stressful and um, repressive that it's it's a it's a joy and an oasis for me to come and talk about my Savior with my African-American friends who are not embarrassed. They are not ashamed <laughs> of the gospel of Christ. Amen. And um, that I, I've been humbled by and blessed by, and, um, and, and it was not something I was, it's not something that I, I looked for. It was just something that, when I was exposed and when they opened their hearts to me, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, here's this huge blessing, and I find my faith growing and increasing outside of of um, the walls of my own upbringing, which are which were wonderful, you know. But I find myself growing and seeing God in a new way, and seeing other people trusting in some very difficult circumstances, and then God touches me and says, "Where can you help?" Um, you know, God God usually helps through people, and so, and he calls me and makes me accountable and says, now, you saw this problem, what are you going to do about it? Where can you help? And no. um, that, um, that's what I have learned and been blessed by. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ladies, this has, this has just been more than we ever expected, um, I, for me, it has been more than I ever expected. I know we came on to talk about an event, and I hope you've gotten a glimpse from some of the things. For our listeners, you've, you've gotten a glimpse of what this means, the depth of this, mm-hmm. what it means, especially for this city, but more so in your lives, in your personal lives, what this means. Because I'm, I'm stepping into a new level of faith and expectation. I just see God as this big God, powerful, all-knowing, almighty, who has moved in my life in such a way and in so many ways that even I still don't understand. I know because I see it, but I don't understand. That to me is powerful. And if we remember, if we say we serve this mighty God, and it's 907 here, maybe 9068 for you, but we don't, it's 907 for me. I don't know what's going to happen at 908. Mm-hmm. God knows what's going to happen September 8th, 2015, mm-hmm. and we're in 2014. That says to me that I need to be pleasing. I need to seek him first, seek his righteousness. And that does not mean I'm perfect. Let me raise my hand. But that means we just need to do better. If you're going to represent the kingdom you just got to do better. And it starts with you, and we certainly cannot see and judge each other by the color of the skin, the amount of money in their pocket, where they work, where they live. 
You better watch out because you just might see that person. If there's a line that says heaven and left, hell on the right, you might see that person in the other line and you be in the other one. So I just want to say before we, any closing remarks, but you guys, you have to see this. I know you've heard of the, if you've seen the Cheerio commercial, the YouTube where the little girl, the mixed couple, black black male, white female married. Have y'all seen this Cheerio commercial where the little girl asked her mom, does Cheerios help um, help the heart? And the mom says, yes. Have you guys seen this? And she goes and puts the Cheerios while her dad's sleeping. She pours the box oh, of yes, Cheerios. Yes, well, there is that. a second part to this where, you know, they pulled that commercial for a while because people were complaining so about it being a mixed couple. Oh. Well, have you heard uh, Okay, so now there's a video out to where there are kids that did was not aware that there was this, this, you know, kind of backlash because it was a biracial couple. And so they showed the video, and the kids just kept talking about the Cheerios, and the little girl put the Cheerios on her dad. Yeah. So then they said to these kids, they said, well, you know, there was a lot of uh, controversy. They didn't use that word. They used their language um, about this video. And so the kids were trying to figure out why, what happened, and so so forth. So they explained to them, well, some people got mad because it was a black dad and a white wife. And you should see the kids' faces. They're trying to, you see them trying to understand, what are you talking about? And then they got to respond. Some of their responses are heartbreaking. From the mouth of babes. So if you guys get the chance, you put that up, pull it up on YouTube and just put in uh, children respond to the Cheerio commercial. It was, it, I mean, it was amazing. So look at that, everybody. For all you mm-hmm. listeners, if you've not seen that, that is one of the most touching videos and says it all, speaks volumes for where we are and where we're trying to go and where we should be trying to go. So any last remarks or responses, questions, and then we want to give out the information again about the Soul Sisters tea and all of that. Well, well I'm encouraged. Uh, go ahead. I just want to, it's, it's interesting she brought that up, and this is one thing we do have to understand. Racism is taught. A child isn't born being racist. It's something that is a learned behavior. And in our society we have, even as women, it, and it comes in different forms with, within each other's race or even outside of each other's race. And, Laura, when you, I was actually crying on the phone when you were mentioning the situation with your church <sighs> because it, you just brought it you brought it just basically to the front that some I've never seen happen. Where mm-hmm. you're sitting there with your friend and people are ignoring you. And yeah. it just it's that was the most touching thing I've ever heard. Oh. And it broke it, it hurt me. Because I'm it like, Wow devastating. It was it was a moment that um I have engraved in my mind. I've moved past it but I've never forgotten what that felt like. It was amazing. <sighs> well, I do want to say bless God and thank him mm. for moving and using this time. We've waited on him, actively waited on him patiently, and we're just so thrilled that today is the day, you know, that he has decided that it's time for us to make changes. And I'm thrilled to just still be here on earth to witness it, you know. And uh, it's not hard. 
to love. It's easy. And that's that song I learned from a a, a African-American lady I was on a mission trip with, and she sang it to me. And we just sang it to the whole crowd while we held hands. And I'm sure you know it. And it says, the Jesus in me loves the Jesus in you. So easy, so easy to love. I'm not a good singer, but (laughs) the point is, if you have Jesus, have to love. There's no way you can have him and not love others. Amen. Amen. Heidi? I just want to thank you, Tammy, for this opportunity. You know, I, I know that God is moving, and it's um, humbling to be a small piece in his plan, and I'm um, so touched that you would reach out and extend your radio show to us, and mm. I hope everyone will come out. Come out. It, it, I promise you I'm, I'm very tight on time. It will start at 1. It will end at 3. You'll get out to be able to do the things that you want to do, but this will be two hours that you can be a blessing to someone else, and I promise you, you will be blessed. One mm-hmm. more thing, I'd want to really thank Harding Academy for opening their doors to us. One yeah. of the reasons I approached them is they have a very balanced um, student population um, race-wise for a private school, and they don't really even attempt to do it. People flock there because it's such a wonderful, caring, Christian attitude. And when I asked the headmaster, Trent Williamson, I told him what what Lori and Ernestine's plan was and would Harding consider, I didn't even get the whole question out before he said, of course we'll do it. Tell me what you need. I promise you we'll provide it. And um, so, you know, there there are um, the Jesus in him love the Jesus in us. And... And that's how we all relate. And to me, that's, um, and Tammy, I'm, I'm thankful for the Jesus in you. Amen. Thank you. Thank Amen. you. And you're yes. so right. From the time that I talked to all of you, even even Lori tonight, I feel like she's not a stranger. Yeah. And that's how it is. <laughs> and from the time I talked to Heidi, not really knowing the story, even the story that I got wasn't all the way correct, but that was okay. There was no disconnect there. there I didn't feel like I was talking to a stranger. And then the next day, you and Brenda were here. Amen. And, again, I didn't feel like I was letting strangers in my house. felt like I'd just known them, and they'd been missing for a little while. So that being said, the the tea is, the Soul Sister tea is Saturday, February 15th, from 1 to 3 at Harding Academy on 1100 Cherry Road in uh, I see that we've had some people kind of pop in at the last minute. So what this tea is about is uniting. We're asking women of all races, all age, to come, one to three, come. It's free, food, fun, fellowship, cup of tea. But most of all, you're going to leave with someone of a different race to connect with, spend some time with, if, if, however you two decide to do it, you will spend some time with that, that person for the next year getting to know each other, spending, sharing, you know, again, you come up with how you share. But that's what it's about, um, loving the Jesus in them Amen. because of the Jesus in you, finding a way to bridge uh, the disconnect. So as we said tonight, it starts with you. And if you're not ready to start with you, just come out. 
and allow somebody to help you start. That's the start, just being able to come out, get up, come out. It's Valentine's weekend, but just just leave your husband for two hours and then go back refreshed. Amen. Ready for Saturday night. So, Amen. Anything, Amen. last words from you? I'd just like to give a word of prayer to my father. Father God, we just thank you for this time, Lord. Oh, God, we glorify you in all that you are doing. Father, our purpose is just as you said in 2911 that you have a purpose and a plan for us. We pray that you help us to complete this plan. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 And you guys, thank you, uh, Lori. I'm looking forward to meeting you, Heidi. <laughs> Same here. I, I, I almost don't know how to say I'm looking forward to meeting you because I kind of feel like I've already have, but I'm saying it to you both. I'm just looking forward to seeing your faces. How about that? <laughs> That's Same right. Here. I love you already. <laughs> exactly. So, um, again, Ditto. the way we forgot this, the way to get the information to us, um, you you guys just, most of you have heard my number anyway. My cell number is 901-830-6088. But to RSVP, you can send it to info at butterflyevolution.org. Be sure that you put your, your register first. I'll know probably. We'll just put the Soul Sisters T, and then I'll get that information over into the uh, Evite just so that it, we can better keep up with the numbers. But be sure to tell how many people are coming. Um, your names and the email address for at least one of you for sure. But the number is very important because that helps um, everybody, Heidi, Lori, and, and Ernestine, that helps them kind of, you know, put the number together and be better prepared. So everything in order. And remember, Ms. Heidi said, on time, one to three, because we're going to be somebody's Valentine's that weekend. <laughs> so, all right, so... You guys, it's been just a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. I have some new soul sisters. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I didn't realize we were going to go almost two hours, but we did. Mm. So thank you, Lori. Thank you. See you soon. Heidi, thank you. And certainly, thank you. Thank you. And Ginger, thank you for hanging out with us as well. And um, everybody just have a blessed night. I'm going to give you a little bit of something to take. I'm sure we're going to go way back. Um, and this is a soul sister song right here. Y'all listen to it now. So just, I'm, I'm sure y'all heard this, but I want to tell you guys good night. And for those of you, <clears throat> let me get this in real quick. The 901 Butterflies, which is the Organization for the Young Girls, we're having our open enrollment slash information time for the 901 Butterflies and for the boys group, 901 Evolution. We're coming together for the open enrollment. It's this Saturday at the Caritas Village, okay? However, if the weather, keep keep in touch. And, again, if you're unsure, call me, 901-830-6088. If you're unsure, because I don't do ice, rain, snow, and all that. If I don't have to, I don't do it. So I'm telling you now, if it's any form, it looks like it, I'm not going to be anywhere but home. So make sure you check with us before. But if you know of any young ladies, any young boys who need need to be in a mentoring program, um, please contact me or send them my way. It's 901 Butterflies and 901 Evolution is the name of the group, and that's for Butterfly Evolution. So that is this Saturday, 1030. Connect with me. If you can't make it and you're still interested, we'll work something out. But I wanted to remind you guys of that. So that being said, move your trash cans. And remember that change begins with you. And renew your mind. 
stop the negative thinking and just move forward and allow God to move in your life because he's there. That being said, you guys have a good night. This is one of my favorite songs. So give it about a minute of your time, and then you guys have a wonderful night. Thank you. Bye, soul sisters. Thank you. It is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.